What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. And this show is brought to you by emailrevealer.com. Uh, you go to emailrevealer.com. You can get an autographed copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. Uh, also, too, uh, you know, we got Father's Day right around the corner. So if you want to locate, you know, any long-lost relatives, you want to locate your missing dad or you're, you're a dad, you want to missing, uh, locate your missing kids, uh, we, we do all kind of locates at emailrevealer.com. If you just look up the people search function on there, but also, too, adoption uh, investigations. If you, if you gave up your kid for adoption or you're an adopted kid, you want to find your biological parents, your biological kids, uh, contact me at uh, emailrevealer.com. Uh, also, too, uh, if you enjoy tonight's show, and we've got a really good show for you, um, check out the member section at oppermanreport.com. And I'm running a special right now. If you sign up for a year for 75 bucks and all new content, there's all exclusive content on there you won't find anywhere on the Internet. Uh, exclusive content, 75 bucks for a year, I give you a free book. You get a free autographed copy of my book. So you go to oppermanreport.com for the members section. Okay, we are joined by William Ramsey. Okay, he's probably been on the show about five times. The great William Ramsey. Okay, if you've been on three times, you've become the great guest. <laughs> okay, because I don't have him back if they suck. Uh, William, by the way, too, has a show on Awake Radio and uh, on People's Internet Radio. A couple of stations. Uh, um, uh, who else carries them? Uh, PSN carries them. Uh, on Saturday evenings, in a couple of hours, he goes on, he goes on at 7 o'clock, he goes on. Uh, so check it out. He always has good content. And He's been doing a series of shows about the smiley face killer, uh, which is a topic that's always fascinated me, especially uh, ever since I had uh, uh, Jim Rothstein on the show, and, and he came up with his theory. Uh, so, uh, William, are you there? I'm here, Ed. Thanks for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great, man. You know, I love you, man. Uh, uh, William's a, a great guy. He helps him produce the show. He helps book guests and stuff like that. And he just dug up uh, the lawyer for uh, the mom of the, the boys on the tracks, those boys that got killed in Mina, Linda Arkansas. Ives. Linda, Linda Ives. Ives, right, yeah. What's going on with that? Are we, are, do we have them booked? Yeah, so we're going to, uh, you'll be recording with Robert, I think it's Robert Lewis, Robert Davis, David Lewis, if that's the attorney's name out of Arkansas, you'll be recording with him next week. So our listeners can look for that show either next weekend or the weekend after. Okay, great. And we also got Ted Rubenstein is helping us because he's friends with the mother. Uh, Miss Ives, 
so we're trying to get her too, so we can combine those two shows together and we'll put them uh, back to back. Uh, have a little special uh, Mina Arkansas uh, Clinton death count there. Uh, so uh, why yeah. don't you remind the audience of who you are and about your books and stuff? Yeah, uh, William Ramsey. I've written three or four books. Well, four really. Uh, my first book was Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order. Then I wrote Abomination, Devil Worship and Deception, the West Memphis Three Murders. And then I recently, last year, published, uh, it was Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. It's kind of a list of all the people that Crowley influenced. I also did uh, uh, an e-book called Aleister Crowley, A Visual Study, which um, was kind of like an uh, interesting exercise. So uh, that's that would be my, my fourth book. And then I'm also working right now, I'm working on a documentary about the Smiley Face Killers. I became interested in the topic, actually not from an actual case that cropped up. I was interested because I was studying David Bowie for my book and uh, in his last video or one of the last songs for his album Black Star in the, in the film Black, in the video Black Star, there's a representation of Major Tom on like a lunar landscape and he had a smiley face exactly in the same spot that the character, the comedian had in Alan Moore's um, The Watchmen uh, comic book series. And that's really was, that to me was like a big kind of um, like a sign that something was going on. So that's really how I got stu started studying the smiley face killers in depth was last year. But, uh, you know, I kind of followed the story from the beginning, but never really did as much of a study. So my documentary is almost done. I probably have one week or two weeks max left. I'm doing the final edits now. It's over three hours. It's very detailed. I cover many, many cases, 30, 40 uh, cases at least. And uh, so uh, if the audience is interested, look for that. It's uh, I have some conclusions that are very unique. That There's been other people that have studied the smiley face killers. Um, there were, there were the, really the originals were three guys. One guy, there were two cops, Duarte and Gannon out of New York, and then a uh, professor. His name was Professor Gilbertson. I think it was from Ohio. And uh, so those were the original students of the Smiley Face Killers. Now, have you had a chance to interview uh, Duarte and Gannon? Well, that's a great question. I've actually uh, actively tried to reach out to them. I've, I've, uh, I've called to Gilbertson a number of times, but I haven't gotten anything back. I know people who are friends with them and, um, you know, it seems like they are going their own path. So I, I did, I did have the luck of, uh, of meeting somebody who was also studying the cases before I, I named his name is Jim Smith. He runs, uh, a couple sites on Facebook under Jim Smith. It's uh, smiley face killers, America and then on Twitter too. So he's really been actively following the cases and he's been a great help to me uh, in kind of following cases that uh, other people haven't seen. He has a very kind of broad uh, kind of factual basis of so many cases. So I've been lucky to him. He knows um, some, uh, he knows the original researchers. I'll just put it that way. So um, I've had a lot of help from him. Yeah. Cause I've tried to reach out to Gannon too, because he's a private investigator, right? Correct. So yeah, I tried was, to reach uh, yeah. out to him, yeah, and, and no response either. Um, now, what about there? Uh, go ahead. No, sorry. Well, I know that he's still uh, involved in these cases. That's all I can say. Right. Okay. And now, uh, what about um, these similar type cases? Well, why don't you describe what what is the the theory of the smiley face killers? What is it? So, what it hap what had happened is these guys and Christy Peel, who's another journalist, they noticed that these young men were disappearing, um, typically at night and being uh, disappearing for a period of time and then uh, showing up in water. And when 
people really researched these cases, and it was happening in Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Massachusetts, New York, kind of northeastern kind of states was the kind of the original cases that were found. But in some of those cases, they noticed that there was graffiti, not where the bodies were found, but possibly upriver where the bodies went in the water, and that graffiti was a smiley face. And thus, these kind of series of cases got that uh, kind of moniker, um, the smiley face killers, which was this pattern of cases. And, and other people have noticed it over the years. There's kind of active boards on web sleuths and some of these other uh, websites where they're following these cases, these college age men that disappear. So that's was is the kind of general, but they disappear and also were found in water. And then the, the police discount the cases as murder. They call them accidental drowning. So um, people in, in there, in the, a lot of the police opinions is that these are accidental drownings. I differ from those general opinions that these are not accidental drownings. These are, uh, body dumps really. And, and, and what brings you to that conclusion? Well, that's a good question. So in many of the cases, um, the pattern that's shown up in a variety is that these guys have been found in places that were checked multiple times. Mm. Uh, very, you know, they were found above water in places that had been looked by a series of people. And these, and this is happening even to today where they've had these things. So that, that indicates that these bodies are not in the water when they supposedly drowned when they were last seen. When they show up again, that's another indicator. And also, if you look through the original cases, um, Gannon and Gilbertson did an excellent job. They wrote a book called Case Studies in Forensic Drown Drowning Forensics, which unfortunately is priced out of the market. It's like 250 bucks. Okay. But they noticed that in many of these cases, these guys had drugs, particularly GHB in their system, which indicates that they were drugged and that um, the public kind of perception that these guys were drunk is actually untrue, that they were drugged and acting as if somebody was drugged. So that's why... I believe, and some of these other investigators believe that these cases are not accidental drownings. They are, and also the other thing is nobody sees these guys go in the water. They disappear out of a bar. They, they're walking down the street. They're seen on CCTV, um, and then they disappear, and then they're found in water. So nobody actually sees them go in, and that is to me is very telling that they found they were they ended up in the water by misadventure. So um, I definitely differ differ from a lot of these police. Uh, investigators. And, and some of these police investigators have changed their tune. Um, in particular, you know about Jan Jenkins and Chris Jenkins, where they initially said it was an accidental drowning. And then after research and the involvement of a private investigator, the police actually came out, apologized and said it was murder. And this was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's you the interviewed one. Right. Jan okay. I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about her because I forgot her name. I, I think she emails me all the time. If that's the same woman, I hope. Yeah, that's her. Uh, okay. I don't, what's, what's she asking? I'd be curious to see those emails. She just comments about the show all the time. I'm not sure if it's the same woman or not, but it's the same name. Uh, if it's out of Colorado, Colorado, it's Jan Jenkins. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Now, um, uh, she had a theory, though, that uh, her son's girlfriend was dating some off-duty cop, and, and it was a Halloween party, and she was the daughter was even uh, the girlfriend was even wearing his police uniform as part of her costume. And at, right. uh, are you familiar with that whole story? Uh-huh. Yeah, very familiar. I read her book. So then what, so, what do you make of that there? I think it's uh, Footprints yeah. of Courage. Well, I think that there's there's two ways to look at it. Are these deaths the product of individual um, abductions, or, or is this a network of people who right. are actively involved in the same MO? And 
I've done a pretty in-depth research and I actually think that it's both. So I think in some of these instances, there are, um, there, there's actually people involved who are at the bar, whether it's the bouncers, bartenders who are involved in these and some it's different. But, um, I think in Chris Jenkins case, there's the, the activities of the bartender, the, the bouncers and his girlfriend was very suspicious, but I think, um, it's interesting, too, because there actually was a disappearance right across the street from where Chris Jenkins was last seen at, the, I think it was the Lone Tree Tavern. Across the street, a guy by the name of Segundo Lima was at a bar across the street, and he's disappeared, too, kind of the same instance where he was at a bar. But uh, his body hasn't been found as of today. But uh, um, anyway, the, the, the Chris Jenkins fits the profile of these types of deaths where somebody dis- leaves, is supposedly drunk, but maybe not that drunk. Um, is, you know, somehow we, the body of Chris Jenkins indicates, and this is after looking at the autopsy and having second or third parties look at the autopsy, that he was abducted and he had hair from some other person in his hand. I think, I think they found it was somebody else, um, or whether it was the back of his hair. I'm not sure if they ever really tested the DNA on that, but his body showed in the sign of struggle and that it was placed in the water, um, in a, uh, post-mortem, you know, uh, environment. So he fits the kind of profile of a lot of these cases where somebody's either held or, you know, murdered before they're put into water. Right, because the pattern is that there's an indication that they, they didn't die in the water, and then some of them were actually, you believe they were held for days before they were placed in the water. because If, if, were, if not it, longer, yeah, which really? is really a creepier, creepier aspect. Because some of these, I mean, some of the recent cases, um, there's a guy out of Pittsburgh by the name of Dakota James who was found almost 40 days after he disappeared out of downtown Pittsburgh. There was another guy, Kelleher, Michael Kelleher out of Boston, who was, I mean, they, they searched the part of the James River where it was, which is really a lake. It's actually right in front of a lock system. So the water is very still. They kept searching, searching. All of a sudden he appeared there. And the same thing with Dakota James. And according to my information about Dakota James, his body was not, um, it didn't look like it was having like a body that was in the water for 40 days. And, and he was found in a place that was previously searched. There actually are police saying, well, we just searched that two days ago. We searched that whole area. Um, so um, those are those are instances of these cases where the body doesn't fit the, the, the time of day. Or, you know, typically there's been objective third party research about how long a deceased person will rise to the surface. And. Just the way the body decomposes, it happens at the at the end of it. It's got to be twenty or twenty five days. And here's these guys showing up forty days later. Another one. Another one is a guy by the name of Bradley Verrett, who disappeared out of Reading, Pennsylvania. A lot of strange disappearances happening in Pennsylvania right now. But uh, he was another one where they searched and searched. They went by this river, and all of a sudden his body appeared. So there's clearly um, there's clearly evidence that these guys are being held for a time. But now, are, are these smiley faces still showing up, or is that kind of discontinued? That's a great question. Um, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, there something is still happening. Yes, so that's all. I'll say. Okay, oh, but you don't want to give you don't want to give it up. But there's some other kind of an indication well, that it's the same pattern. I, yeah, same pattern, no doubt. Yeah, okay, of, of, of symbols being left behind. Yes, absolutely. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, there's an. I mean, here's another one. Zach Marr, 
Zach Mark came out of a bar in downtown um, Boston, disappeared, supposedly fell in the water. Um, and where his body was found, there was a smiley face and a strange kind of uh, sophisticated Zen kind of uh, poem that was found next to his body with a smiley face or where his body was found. And, and that is recorded in um, Cryptid Antiquarian, Elise Soper's website. She's followed many of the, the deaths in Boston in particular. And how was this left? By spray paint or magic marker or something spray like that? Paint. And that's the interesting thing is that a lot of these, if not all of them, are spray paint. Spray paint or markers. And I do believe that, and I, I can... Um, I think Gilbertson and Gannon have additional information that is not public. So how, they haven't publicized all of their information. Gotcha. Now, how often do they find the GHB in their system? Well, that's a great question because some of these bodies are not tested for. Oh, um, some of the autopsies are never made public, and some of the autopsies are never obtained by the families, which um, I would say if any young person, young man shows up in the water the family has to get a proper autopsy from the state and then get a third-party autopsy um, that looks for drugs in the system because not all of these bodies have, have been properly autopsied. And uh, one of the things that Gilbertson and Gannon have done expertly is really obtain those autopsies because they have additional information than what was publicized by, by the police. The police are not, um, they're not, they're not, proffering to the public all of the evidence that they have in each of these individual cases. So it's important for these other uh, families to obtain that themselves. I believe that the police also have information regarding many of these cases that um, are indicative of some type of pattern and also confirm that, you know, these young men have been abducted and then thrown in water. Well, yeah, when you think about it, what, what benefit is it in it for them to declare, hey, there's a nationwide cult or an international cult, really, because we can get into the old Manchester pushings and stuff, too. What benefit is there right, to the absolutely. police department to say, hey, this, we can't stop this. We have no control over it. <laughs> you know, there's this group doing this. And, you know, they can pretty right. much get away with it. Yeah, because how, how can you avoid this? Well, that's a great question. I mean, some people have made the point that these, because these are college-age men, the the authorities do not want to publish it as a danger because it would affect the colleges, college admission, and all these other people. If their people would not send their children to these cities if they knew their sons could potentially be murdered. Um, but also, I think the police it's it's a lot easier for the police to say nothing, no no foul play suspected. And that actually that phrase pops up in so many of these cases. Uh, Jim Smith wants to title his book No Foul Play Suspected because that's what always pops up. But it's very foul play when somebody drowns in a shallow puddle of water or something like that. But uh, I think that it's a lot easier just to say that than, you know, there's something very complex happening here where perpetrators are trying to fool forensic, you know, forensic anal uh, analyzers or forensic things. So. Um, and just for an example is that, and this has been published, published the case of Dakota James, uh, his family has um, gotten a forensic, a third party forensic, uh, Dr. Cyril Wecht, who's oh, really? relatively famous, is going to be, yeah, he's going to be analyzing uh, their, their own lost son, tragically lost, and, uh, you know, see how that jibes up with the, the state's autopsy. Now, this three-hour documentary, is this going to be available on Amazon? Yeah, so it'll be on Amazon. I'll try to put it out in as many places as possible, but definitely Amazon will be the best place to find it. So. Okay, and what do you think you're going to charge? 
Oh, I don't know. Just a fair market price. Okay. Just for a visual viewing and the, you know whatever the the standard market rate is three ninety nine two ninety nine. Oh, that oh, really? That's pretty cheap. Okay. I, I, yeah, you know. You're what do you, right. what do you, what's the standard market price for a video view these days? A, a digital view. Yeah, you're right. When you view it, yeah, I guess when you you order it though, it's like nineteen bucks when you when you purchase it right. and well, then mail it to your house. Yeah, yeah that's true. but just for so a if view, you wanted right. to just watch it. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about uh, uh, have you talked to Jim Rothstein about this and his theory about the process church being involved? Well, I remember that interview that you did with him, and I briefly t- uh, in, related to him. He talked about some of the cases that happened up in his neck of the woods. I think it was a Wisconsin or Minnesota. It was uh, involved, oh, what was his name? Uh, there was a kid at St. John's. There was a there was a Catholic church there, Catholic University with a high school. But uh, that was interesting because the parents of Chris Jenkins work with that, that kid's name, whose name I can't remember right now, but he... Uh, yeah, Rothstein said that there's something involved, and I, I mean, I think people will have to see the movie to see my conclusions. But I've said things in that film that are totally unique that nobody who's researched this these cases has come to those conclusions. Okay, and there's great. been a, you know. Now, 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 what about um, uh, that case of the woman, the Canadian woman in California that wound up in the water tower in that Skid Row motel there? Uh, yeah, that was uh, Lisa Lamb. Something like Lisa Lamb. Yeah. Yes, that well, you can't was, get any yeah. So that, that was a weird one. I, I didn't include that because even though she was put in water, I think that she was probably put in water. She didn't climb in there herself. Uh, hey, guys, I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Now, I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman 50, O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 50. Now, fact is, delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more. Uh, There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50 and then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 5-0 to get 50% off. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, the the it's it's there's actually a some uh, very important concerns when analyzing these cases to go to know what goes in to the kind of final product because I looked at hundreds of ca- over a hundred cases and some of them did not end up in water so I didn't include those um, they all fit the same kind of mo so her she didn't there's other cases that didn't I actually study cases where um, these guys were found in water but I think that they were murdered by their friends and kind of drug deals gone wrong. Hmm. Um, so those didn't go in because I believe that some of these cases are, I mean, most of these cases, the MO is that they are, you know, people went out and hunted for somebody and found them, you know. So they're random. They're random events. And, and the hunting grounds is... Did I lose you? I think I did. I think I lost my engineer here. Let me just see what's going on here. Okay, can anybody hear me? What about the audience? Can the audience hear me? Oh. Okay, we just lost our connection. Yeah, we lost the Skype connection. That's what that was. Okay, so we'll be picking that up in a second. Danny will get back to us and carry that. Uh, I tell you what, while we're... uh, While we're waiting for that... I got a new sponsor. <laughs> I know you can hear me. I know, but we lost William and we lost the station. So uh, attention all Christians. Archival Revival, the Christian Film Archive, is currently paying for vintage Christian films. Archival Revival is dedicated to preserving and restoring classic Christian films and media. If you have original prints, negatives, or other film elements of classic Christian films, or if you have audio recordings, masters of classic Christian record albums, they want to buy them from you. So email them at archival.revival at gmail.com and they'll make an offer. They also have a blog spot. You go to archival dot, no, no, archivalrevival.blogspot.com. Okay, and what this is, is the new sponsor is called our Archival Revival. And they are a film restoration company. They, they restore and preserve uh, classic films. And what they're doing is they want to locate these Christian films back from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that. Uh, so that's... Um, they want to locate these uh, Christian films so that because you know, they used to show them in churches and at uh, Sunday school and stuff like that. And it's a historic... Uh, and they, they, they believe that... Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, we got them back. So archival revival. Keep keep an eye out for that. Guys, Sri Ram, Ram Jaya Kumar. So he was. These were both people out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Doherty and Jaya Kumar both found. Uh, Jaya Kumar was found in water, and Doherty was found kind of in a marshy area in places both previously searched. So those were pretty remarkable. Okay, we were kind of off but, the air uh, for a couple of minutes, <laughs> but we're okay. back. <laughs> I was just, I was just rambling, so okay, I don't okay, know okay. if I was going off the American Freedom Radio, but I was going over that outline that I gave you, talking about some of these uh, recent cases of 
young man who disappeared, you know. Um, this guy, Michael Doherty, out of Franklin, was remarkable. He was a young guy out of a Duke University student who, there was like the the National Guard was almost pulled out. There were 40 or 50 individual police officers looking for this guy, and he was found about a quarter of a mile away from where he was last seen, uh, probably in a place previously searched. I just haven't confirmed that yet, but uh, that uh, that case is remarkable. There are also two cases in southwestern UK, which is Jason Gurgle and Dex Johnson, both out late at night, uh, disappeared and then found in water. So now that, that's in the UK, one. you're saying, the United Kingdom. Correct. So Bristol and Bath have had this same kind of cases. Also, like you mentioned, Manchester, where they call it a pusher. Right. Um, they call it serial killer. And there's actually a concern in this all over the papers in Bristol is that is a serial killer loose because there were four men who were found uh, dead within the last five months. Jason Gurgle. I think it was Deacon Wilkins, uh, all people who I cover in my movie, and show that these guys have disappeared and then were found. They, you know, they're gone for a long period of time. Um, I have, yeah, there's just incredible information associated with those cases. But um, well, let me ask you about Manchester for a second. Now, those Manchester pushing killings—they're still going on today. They're the most recent. They've had a number of cases coming out of bars, um, but that. You know, the whole city is covered in canals. And there was a recent one uh, last year. So, yeah, it's still kind of happening. And the thing is, is that a lot of those canals, they're as placid as a pond. You know, there's no water wave. Right. So it's odd to think that these guys are drunk enough to walk. They're too drunk to walk. But when they hit the water, they, like, lose all of their facility and drown. Um, but uh, there's been some remarkable cases. Suvik Pal, these guys who are young at bars, disappear, found in another part of the city in one of these like uh, canals, but yeah. And, and these the are usually happening all over the world, Ed, I got to tell you, you know, you got to, people really need to be careful when they're out there drinking or alone, you, you know, even men are vulnerable. Yeah, but so not men my get, age. I'm 55 years old. I'm over the, uh... you're not, well, your <laughs> listeners, you know, you may not be, you know, who knows, you know, who knows what can happen in Las Vegas, but yeah, I think everybody needs to know. They, what just about... have, they have this woman here in LA who's going around drugging men and, and ripping them off, you know? So she's hitting them with either GHB or something, but uh, yeah, that's common. They all where, the where they, they spike your drink with the GHB and then they roll you. They take you for your wallet and stuff like that. Now, is that happening to these kids? Their wallets are intact, right? They're not taking their money. That's a great point. So that's that's one of the things that's very consistent of all of these cases is that their wallets are intact. So mm -hmm. you can leave out kind of a financial motive. Um, their wallets are found on their body, or strangely, like they put their wallet, their cell phone by the river and then drown themselves. Like strange things like that. They've had kind of, uh, particularly in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where these guys is, you know, have found their personal belongings next to some statue, and then they're found in a canal off the river south of the city. So it's definitely uh, commonality where these the 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 money's untouched. So I, that uh, the motive of financial gain is definitely, in my opinion, not associated with these cases. Now, now, Steph Young was working on that Manchester uh, killing, the pushing killings, right? And uh, she was going to be involved in a documentary film about that. I don't know what's going on, a documentary series. I don't even know what's going on with that now because uh, I was even supposed to be involved with it for a while. There. I did an audition for it uh, over a year ago. So I guess either they're working real slow or I wasn't Well, they, they can be slow. Well, <laughs> I, let me tell you this story. I'm on um, Netflix on the Occult Crimes documentary, and that was an interview I did two years ago, like okay. over 24 months ago. And it took them that long. It just came out on Netflix, so some of these productions are slow. But those Manchester pushing, pushing there's over 60 
people who fell in the water there in the last 10 years, I think. Now, she has several theories. One is a process church type cult, and there's another one of a, a neo-Nazi type group cult. Uh, are you familiar with her theories on this? Vaguely. You know, I read her book. She's read, written a couple books about these cases, and I, you know, I can't remember the details, but I do know that she has, you know, looked into the theories. Uh, but uh, I think that that there are definitely, in some of these instances, there are definitely groups involved. And with this, uh, David Paletti's, right? He, he also did a compilation, uh, Missing 411, Missing 411. And uh, it's a pretty much, a, have you read his books? They're, they're like a compilation of police I reports. Read, I read it was, uh, what was it, Something Drowning? I can't remember the title of it. It's, uh, yeah, I've read the one about the Smiley Face Killer. So I haven't read his other uh, Missing 411 works, no. Now, the one you read, is it similar to the one I read, which was just basically a, a list of police reports and, and uh, little bios of all the different cases? Yeah, it's little bios of the yeah. cases, no question. Right, yeah. which is a brilliant way to write a book because then you sell, you know, you got well, everyone in the book is going to buy the book. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the book wants to write it. Yeah, it's, I think it's called Sobering Coincidence. Right. Now, he described. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. A, a couple of instances he talked about is where people inside a bar would walk into the men's room and the, uh, the what is that called? The, the closed circuit TV saw them going in, but never saw them leaving the bar. Yeah, there was one guy out of Columbus, Ohio, the Schaefer case, where he walked into the bar, CCTV saw him go in, but nobody uh, saw him leave. That's a, that's an unusual case. But, um, I, you know, I didn't include that because uh, Schaefer, the body was never found. Um, so that's another case also that looks like an inside job to me. But, uh, the you know, it's interesting. I kind of did an analysis of Missing 411, a sobering coincidence, sobering coincidence and then compared it to Gannon and Gilbertson's book, which came out earlier, Case Studies and Drowning Forensics. And I noticed that the key cases that David Politi's had were all cases that came out of Case Studies and Drowning Forensics. So it was a, uh, so pretty strange when your key cases all come from another book. Okay. And, and, okay. and Politi's and, and uh, what's... Uh, What's her name? Also, have had some kind of squabbles. Have you heard of those? Yeah, it seems like Politi's those squabbles with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a, he's another person that people have tried to reach out to, and he hasn't responded. Like I've tried to talk to him. Okay. But he hasn't taken the time to respond, and um, I've heard stories that you know, uh, you know, cantankerous type of yeah. You know, yeah. Happened. It always has a lawsuit going on, and because uh, he he was he mailed me a book, he was going to come on the show, and then then I never heard back from him. Now he doesn't get back to me, so. Uh, now, uh, in Manhattan, there's the Dorian family that owns, uh, I think they own like something like 15% or 20% of all the liquor licenses in Manhattan. Uh, and they had that case. Remember that kid, the, uh, the preppy killer? Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. And Strangled the girl or whatever. Yeah. Right. And But there was recently a case in the past three or four years of, of a girl that went missing in one of their bars and the whole thing was covered up. And are you familiar with that case? No, no, but I'm not surprised that these are cover-ups. Yeah. Know? I'm not surprised at all. Cause some of these stories aren't consistent. Like you look at the Zach Marr case and they make a public statement. Like he was too drunk and we were going to let him back in. And then his family says, no, they didn't let him back in. So who's telling the truth, you know? Um, but it does seem like a lot of these bars are covering, uh, covering for themselves. There's another book case that came out of Providence, Rhode Island, a guy by the name of Hart and the bar like tried to 
you know, say he was too drunk, you know, but then he ends up in water. So, yeah, something, some of these bars are super sketchy and, uh, you know, it's definitely, it seems like some of these bars are places where people are waiting to, um, find a victim, you know, like there are people there and some of these bars are close to places where there's like sex offender rehabilitation places where there are like tons of sex offenders. And then a young man, you know, someone comes out of the bar and trips and falls in a puddle of water that's two feet deep and drowns, you know? So those are super suspicious, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know it's it's yeah it's there's a there's a lot of cover up you know it seems like there's a lot of ways to that these people they just had the chief of police come out in Boston and say you know nothing's happening here but then they've had other radio hosts in Boston say so I can tell that there's a pattern people are disappearing they're falling into water that isn't even you know there's no waves it's placid how are they how are they you know so drunk that they're able to get to the water but then they can't get back out you know um so yeah it's uh and a lot of these a lot of these people go di- disappearing out of the middle of crowds you know it's like they're looking for crowds so like kelleher is a perfect example where um he's in a crowd after i think it was a basketball game or a hockey game calling an uber tries three times and then disappears so he's sober enough to call an uber three times get it canceled and then you know he's never seen again found again dead in water that's a case from this year so that's interesting oh. too, because that's similar to that girl who was at the Metallica concert, and I interviewed right. right you, I interviewed her mother, it. right? Yeah, uh, where she was in a crowd, and then all of a sudden, yeah, and it, and she said the same thing that someone was following her around the crowd, like hunting her. No, and that's the same thing. Some people feel like they're being followed. They had one case out of Thailand today, some uh, uh, this year, where a guy says somebody's following me, something's happening to me. I think my drink got spiked, and then he ended up dead in water. You know, so. You know, these cases are happening all over the world in party spots, which um, there's like an island off the coast of uh, North, uh, southern Thailand where this case happened. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things some people have theorized that some of these Uber drivers and there was an attempted Uber a driver who had tried to duck somebody out of Pittsburgh where they're actually not on the they're not attached to the app, but they're saying, hey, you want to ride and that that's how some of these guys are getting abducted. Oh, that's interesting. Now that's interesting too. That's a th- theory. Another thing is a lot of these guys. The recent case of Dakota James, another guy, Joey Labute out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, there was another guy. They're all oh, Corey McKeague. They're on Swinger or Grinder. They're on male dating sites. So supposedly these guys are so drunk that they fall in water and drown, but they're sober enough to tinker around with their phone, um, you know, trying to hook up with somebody on Grinder. Um, so. And there's actually a picture of Dakota James walking, typing on his phone, but he was supposedly so drunk that, you know, he fell in the water and accidentally drowned. And how was he walking? Was he staggering around when he was walking? Or no. He was walking good? No, I mean, the picture of him looks perfect. He looks just fine. You can see it. If you go to William Ramsey Investigates, you can look up my investigation into Dakota, Dakota James' disappearance. And the picture that he has, I think it's in Cats Park in downtown Pittsburgh. He's walking fine. He's on his phone. He looks like just the average kind of kid with a phone in his hand walking and texting at the same time and so this, why is this guy too drunk to fall in love it doesn't make sense some of these cases the assumption that all these guys are too drunk is a it's a false assumption and that's william ramsey investigates on youtube correct okay 
Now, you said a couple of these guys were on Grindr, uh, which is a homosexual, uh, gay website for men, right? Now, uh, how, how many of these guys are uh, in, in this pattern? Is that a pattern that, that a lot of these men are homosexual? Yes. I would say that there is a – yeah. There's, there's definitely either a gay bar or um, web gay website pattern for sure in my mind. Um, Joey Labute, who I talked about, gay. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, on a website, Dakota James confirmed homosexual website, I mean, on Grindr. Um... There's been others out of a gay bar. There was a guy by the name of Weller who was at a gay bar. Same thing happened, disappeared, found in water. He, had supposedly wa- he was supposedly so drunk that he walked a mile and a half and then fell in a pond. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, so that guy, that's out of UK, is a Weller case. So a lot of these cases, there's a recent case in Georgia, same type gay bar. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's definitely a theme of, of these cases. And yeah, some no. of these people you don't know... You don't know how much how how some of these cases whether they're on grind or not. You know some of these people are on are you know not open. They're not out of the closet. So, but yeah. And and are the police looking into that pattern of that they're? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think that that's really one of the problems with this type of water related death is that they have a they come to a a conclusion right away, and right. that conclusion forestalls additional investigation because they don't see the pattern. They don't see the broader pattern of it happening in Minneapolis, in La Crosse, in Madison, in Boston, in Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania, you know, all these different places. So, you know, that's like one of the one of the things that's a problem. Now, back in, in New York and New Jersey, like a lot, there was a pattern where a lot of the strip clubs were like owned either silently or in partnership with these motorcycle gangs. Sorry, go on. That's okay. Uh, with, you know, like there was a, a pattern of strip clubs being owned by motorcycle gangs. Uh, up and down, I think oh. it's up and down the whole East Coast. Then it goes all the way down to Florida. Uh, now, is, is there any other kind of organized crime type or gang or, or involved in this, this series of bar, bars? You know, I, I haven't come across that. That doesn't seem to be a common theme. It seems like that, I mean... I can, I can say generally no. In my research, I haven't come across that. But there is the homosexual thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what about a cult? Any dabbling with the occult and with these victims? So, yes. Some, yeah. I've, had, I've come across some remarkable, uh, remarkable thing. One I will reveal right now is that one of the victims had a black dragon tattoo on his neck. And it's the same tattoo. It's actually the same design that's on the forearm of Damien Eccles. 
and that's also on the body of the p- a person associated with one of these water deaths. And what do you mean associated with, like a suspect? I wouldn't use that police term. I would say that somebody knew somebody who had one of these black dragon tattoos. Oh, so one of the victims knew someone that also had a tattoo like that. Correct. That's correct. Okay, that's interesting. And this is yeah. a common tattoo? How, how rare is it? Well, I mean, you can look at the forearm of Damien Eccles, and I think that I've actually seen people wear that. It's had some kind of occult significance that I don't totally understand, but I know the design is always the same. Now, you describe one here as a copycat, uh, Ally Yeoman. Right. So that just happened in, outside of Sacramento where this girl disappeared and then was found in water. And I think maybe some of these cases are copycat cases, like somebody has learned either through the Internet or BDSM sites that this is a pattern where you can kill somebody and get away with it. On BD- Let's throw them in water. On BDSM sites? Now, how does that yes. come up? Um, well, yeah, I'd rather not divulge that right now. Okay. All right. Because it's coming out in your, in your video or because you, you yes. just, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I explain it in detail. Yeah. Okay. No, that's just fascinating stuff, man. Uh, now are, are they always found clothed with their clothing on? Mostly, mostly found clothed. Yes. So totally with their clothes on same clothes they were disappeared in. Oddly enough, some of the shoes are missing. Like some of the shoes are coming off, which is odd. Um, or one, the shoe will be found, and then the other shoe will be found on the body. That's this that appears later, you know. So that's another. Oh, that happened to Bradley Verrett. They found a shoe before he found his body. They, it was like forty days difference. Um, they found a shoe, and then the body popped up. That's interesting. That woman, uh, you were talking about Jenkins too. No, 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 no. It was the other woman. The woman with the uh, in the with the Metallica concert. The the guy right. took her T-shirt. And put it on a a pole, uh, in order to send a signal. Is there any kind of any like with the like the, with the zodiac where they would send letters and stuff like that and taunt the police? Is there anything that kind of stuff going on? Well, uh, you know, I had uh, John D'Souza. He was an ex FBI agent, and he believes that those smiley faces are uh, kind of a taunt, but also a symbol that's put there, which breaks down the kind of a group cohesion, you know, that they're put out there accidentally, like they shouldn't be put out. And that's what their markers are. And I pretty much confirmed that the smiley face symbol is, you know, esoteric, exoterically, it's just, a, you know, somebody who's happy, but esoterically, it's kind of like a chaos magic symbol, you know. So, and it pops up all over the common culture. And I think you can see, you'll see that in the film that it's clearly known to people in kind of the occult that, this symbol has a, an esoteric meaning. And the meaning is described, I describe it in that video of David Bowie on William Ramsey Investigates. I explain what it means. You know, it means that life is just a big joke. The universe, the cosmos is a big comedy, you know, universal comedy. And I think the corollary to that meaning is you can do what you want, you know, Crowley's dictum, just a big joke. And that's kind of the symbol, symbolic representation of the comedian at the very beginning of Watchmen, you know played by the guy who plays Negan in the the, the Walking Dead series. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. W- when did the smiley face symbol of, uh, originate and appear in, in, um, in modern time? Well, that's a great question. I think it came out of, the, well, so the post-Crowley occult movement is, you know, kind of chaos magic. These ideas, uh, 
what's it? The Psychonaut. This one, Carol is is kind of one of these guys who codified it. But it's like people who are influenced by Crowley, but also kind of had their own take. So it's a post-Crowley chaos magic. But that symbol is associated with a lot of these guys who are interested in house music. So that symbol actually goes back to early kind of industrial house organization. Somebody told me that that symbol was actually the primary symbol for the entire industrial music movement that started in the 80s. Really? Yeah. I was told by a guy who was into that, who was in that, um, in that environment. So well, let me see. The smiley face logo is the mascot for the underground rave scene. That's a direct quote. Hmm. That that is kind of. So then, true. like, and they told me Wisconsin's a central for a center for industrial music. Um, you know, so there seems to be a correlation between these kind of scenes, the symbol, and the young man's death. I think Wisconsin is sort of like one of those towns, too, where there's a lot of uh, uh, human trafficking. A lot of young white girls are taken from there and, and put into prostitution. Am I right about that? I'm not to my... I don't know. Okay. I don't know that much about human trafficking. No, okay. I don't. But I do know that... Yeah, I mean, that, that symbol... You can go back and look at some of these bands, you know, that came out of that, and the smiley face shows up, you know. You can see these guys wearing smiley face symbols and it's interesting too like this, well, the guy booth who, who died he was found behind a bar like 11 days in a very obvious position where you know he had just magically reappeared he had only been dead for two days so somebody had held him for five for seven days and there's a there was like all this kind of like sigilized smiley face writing on the side of the bar where he was found but the band that played the night that he disappeared um the guy, the lead guitarist, was wearing a smiley face T-shirt. And people have speculated that these cases may be associated with music because one of the ways that these people or people who are perpetrating these types of crimes can cover their tracks is to literally leave the area. So they commit a crime and then they're on a band and they go somewhere else. So um, that is, that's a potential... Uh, you know, aspect of, of the perpetrators, which makes sense. Uh, it was interesting going back to Joey Labute when he was disappeared um, on Grinder at that time. There was a huge bodybuilding or weightlifting or you know, physical fitness thing called the Arnold Schwarzenegger meet or the Arnold Schwarzenegger, something that happens in Columbus every year. And so all these other people were in town for that thing, you know, draws 15, 20,000 people. And that's the, the weekend that Joey Labute. And there's a commonality in a lot of these deaths. It's like you talked about, about that guy who, the girl, where was she out of Virginia or whatever? These large public meetings seem to be a, a way for people to camouflage themselves and find victims. You know, it's funny you mentioned that there was a, a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding event because, you know, uh, Bill Menser uh, was a bodybuilder. And, 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 Jack Lane was, you know, he, he would manage to Jack Lane at one point, and one of the, the guys, there was a guy who was involved in the bodybuilding, was involved with him, but also, too, a couple of the hitmen that he hired to work for him in a couple of these hits were also bodybuilders out of this Jack, yeah, you know? It's called the Arnold Sports Festival, and it takes place every year, and um, it's headed for March 1st. 1st and 4th, 2018 is the next one. But uh, it's interesting, too, about if you look at the victims, all the typology of the victims, there's nobody overweight. There's no, like, somebody who's, like, 10 pounds overweight. They fit a profile of super healthy, fit people. 
you know like there's never the cheetos eating guy who's drink sucking down two liter you know 7-eleven cokes three times a day gotcha. None of them. there isn't anybody overweight i you know you can look at 50 of the victims no not even so they're looking for a type one kind, kind of like a maple thorpe you know when he, his victims were like yep. a, these young buff gay guys you know Twinks or whatever you want to call them. Right, yeah, and he would put them in a leash and a mask and stuff like that, stick their head in the toilet and all this kind of stuff to them. Now, what about in the farms and stuff like that? Like, you know, you know how you kind of keep an eye on what's going on with the process people and the West Memphis Three people? And you can kind of see them joking around. as like little, you know, comments back and forth. Do you see that kind of pattern, like guys talking in code about the dumping butt? You know, you know what I mean? Anything like that? Like an undercurrent of a... <laughs> well, you'll have to watch the documentary. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> There's information in there that I won't, I can't, I don't want to disclose. It's because I lay it all out in very, um, you know, kind of very recognizable detail, so you can see the foundation to to what's going on. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's it's. There's a lot. There's a lot of undercurrent. There's a subculture. There's a series of subcultures that right. are underneath larger cultures, and it's. I think that this event is coming out of one of those subcultures these type of deaths yes exactly i know you always got your eye out for that kind of thing you know so that's i knew you'd be, you'd be looking into that uh, l let me ask you a question real quick um because um, i got a message from nico house he's saying something about um that uh because he's down at that summit thing right the progressive summit uh -huh. and uh right. so bernie's they pushed back Bernie segment. He has to tape that so he's saying i'm not sure if he's saying he can come on at six or not could you give me a little bit more time if we needed you Absolutely. No, not a problem. Okay, great. I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about Seth Rich and, and your theories right. about that. Uh, sure. Because yeah, you're from D.C. <laughs> you yeah, know I know those it? areas. I mean, he died, like, basically east of Adams Morgan. That was kind of a place I, I was at. It was interesting. One of those walkthroughs that George Webb did, he walked down a street that I live one street over. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's get into that after the break. But before we do, because we got about another five minutes before the break, uh, yeah, we got about another five minutes or seven minutes. Uh, what do you want to leave us with on this smiley face stuff? Well, I would just put out a general warning that uh, th this is happening. This this kind of uh, phenomenon where young men are disappearing is actually murder. That these are not accidental drownings. There are there are accidents that do happen, but there is. A significant proportion of these are actually abductions and murders, and that people need to be very careful when they're out, even men, uh, particularly men who are in this kind of victim class, people in their 20s, early, late 20s, um, that you can get drugged in a bar and you won't even know it. And so then that's when the predators are, are there. So um, a lot of these families I've talked to or have seen things, they do not believe the police version of the story. And this goes back for 10 years. So um, I do just want to put out a warning. You can look at all the other, in, the, in addition to this interview, I've done an interview with John D'Souza, an ex-FBI agent on William Ramsey Investigates, a couple with Jim Smith. So if you want to kind of, and I'm also putting out today the second part of an interview that Christy Peel did on Coast to Coast uh, in 2010. So you can kind of see that this pattern is still happening. You know, I've done all these recent cases or covered these recent cases, but these cases go back 10, 15, 20 years. So I just want to vigorously warn the audience to be very careful. This is definitely happening. And and what kind of numbers are we looking at every year of uh, these young men disappearing? 
there was an incredible run over the last couple months. I mean, this year, I'm looking at probably 20 to 25 cases. 25 cases this year. And what's the average? Worldwide. Worldwide. It's hard to say. You know, the thing is, is that each one of these cases require people to look at in detail to see what the MO and what really happens. Some people actually do jump off bridges. Some people fall in water. But, you know, then there's these cases where they disappear and reshow. Like, I didn't know the totality of what was going on with Bradley Verrett. Now, I'm totally convinced that he was abducted. Um, So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably 100 to 200 cases in total that fit this profile where somebody's been abducted and and murdered, young men. And and now, when you're researching this now, how are you finding them? You're just looking at missing person cases and just saying, hey, this could be one? You know, I'm more looking at other researchers. Okay. I'm looking at missing persons cases. Um, I'm looking. I'm following Jim Smith stuff. He's he's uh, really doing a great job of identifying certain cases. And there are other people watching as well, you know. So, um, like for example, this girl Elise Soper, who just wrote about the Boston drownings, um, which are like ten. But you know, there and then, because all these people are watching these cases, there, there's more and more people. It's kind of a snowball effect that uh, more and more people are seeing this pattern that's happening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and kind of warning each other and, and getting the message out. So Now, are, are any of these researchers getting threatened by, by a possible cult? Or, or, you know, maybe that's why some of them are getting quiet now and disappearing? Well, I think that's an excellent point. I think, you know, I think that uh, some people's professional lives were impacted by researching about this because there is a certain proportion of the population who rejects the these kind of uh, patterns. So I do think some people have come, you know, they've kind of fallen off or are still watching from a distance. But um, I know I, I personally have not been threatened for discuss, for researching this, but I've known people who have come close to some very dangerous situations. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, I think even uh, Steph was, uh, uh, there was some kind of threats going around there too, you know, with the people around her. Uh, And she listens to the show all the time. Have you had a chance to talk to her? Not in a while. I mean, I was, I talked to her maybe last year, but uh, I need to follow up with her. I have her books. I need to read them again. So I, I, I read them a year and a half ago, but definitely need to take another look yeah she's hosting a show now too a weekly show i think it's on deprogrammed radio which is based out of the uk uh so people can find that over there um well let's see i guess i'm running out of questions <laughs> smiley face well, i mean we can go back through some of these the recent cases okay. you know, some, i mean i think one of the things i sent you was that there's all these 
missing young men in 2017. There's all kinds of people that have gone missing. That is just an incredible streak, you know. Now these, um, these are missing, but their bodies haven't been found yet. Haven't been found yet, no. But like this guy, Gage Harkin, 17, researchers, researchers have tied him to the disappearance and water death of uh, Bradley Verrett, which is pretty fascinating that there was a connection between these two. The body of Gage Harkins has not been found, but um, there's a connection between him and this, this, dead, this dead young man. Okay, we got a commercial break coming up here. We'll be back more with uh, William Ramsey uh, from William Ramsey Investigates. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. A word from our sponsors. Did you know that online dating websites and personal are either married or in a monogamous relationship? 30%. If you suspect that your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend may be cheating online, go to emailrevealer.com. Uh, at our online infidelity investigation. Give us your email address and you can trace it back to online personal ads, dating sites, and social media. We do outstanding investigations and finding out what you need to William Ramsey is a Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com or you can find it in the Opperman Report uh, .com bookstore. We have an urgent bulletin. Uh, it seems that the group straw man is still on the loose. It has been confirmed that straw men are, are Canadian, okay, and that uh, Authorities are asking people to stay indoors, lock your doors and windows until this group can be dealt with. You can find more information about this group, this group of Canadians, at strawmanmusic.com. You can have your ad played here. <laughs> okay. We're looking for sponsors. 
Okay, in fact, we desperately need sponsors right now to take this show to the next level. it would be uh, to have your ad played on the Opperman Report on seven stations uh, live Friday night and another seven stations live on Saturday night, uh, plus replayed every day of the week on different stations, and then archived on YouTube, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all different kinds of podcasts, uh, Pod This and Pod Bean, all different kinds of places uh, who archive the show for us. Uh, and, and on those archives, uh, your, your ad would play indefinitely, forever. Uh, you also get a little uh, banner on OppermanReport.com. Uh, you get a mention on the air. You get a little interview on the air and all kinds of fun stuff. If you sponsor Opperman Report, we have an opportunity to get this show on a major AMFM station in California. We've been approved. Uh, so if you want to sponsor us into that, uh, so incredibly inexpensive that that your ad would be heard uh by a uh the the, the range covers five million people in population uh, where your ad would be broadcast and all these other uh, stations would be thrown in for free uh, so really uh, affordable prices to sponsor oppermanreport.com get a copy of my book how to become a successful private investigator you can get a copy of that book at emailrevealer.com, or you can get a copy of that book. Now it's back up on Amazon.com. How to Become a Successful Private Investigator by Ed Opperman. And this book has been updated a little bit from the previous book that we had. Uh, it's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator, Ed Opperman. And don't forget, this portion of the show is brought to you by PSCoco.com. You go to PSCoco.com. Uh, it's Phoebe Saad's uh, uh, website. Uh, she's an independent curator for the Cocoa Exchange, uh, formerly known as Dove Chocolate Discoveries. Uh, you can go to this beautiful website, PSCoco.com, and you can order some uh, silky smooth chocolate. You can order it tonight. It'll be in your mailbox by Monday morning. Uh, but you can also go there... Um, Order these sampler packs and throw one of these little Tupperware parties where you have a party with your friend there, check out the chocolates. Or you can get into the cocoa business, just like Phoebe Saad. You can click on the Contact Us button, <clears throat> and she'll put you in the cocoa business. <clears throat> you get your own website. You'll be selling cocoa in 24 hours. You'll be a cocoa uh, magnet. Uh, cocoa empire. Okay, we're here with William Ramsey. He's got a YouTube channel called William Ramsey Investigates. And he's also got a radio show called William Ramsey Investigates, which is going to be heard on the Awake Network and uh, um, a bunch of stations, uh, People's Internet Radio and PSN Radio. Uh, so, William, are you there? I, uh, I am here. Okay, good. Now, you are an attorney. I am. Okay, but we still like you. <laughs> okay. I, I, I appreciate it. And you're not billing us for this time, right? 
I'm not. Okay, I'm just going to make that clear. <laughs> okay. Now, um, and you, you're from D.C. You, you were practicing attorney in Washington, D.C. No, I went to school in D.C. So I spent three years uh, in D.C. and lived for a uh, summer. I lived off of DuPont Circle on 19th Street. And uh, then I lived mostly in Northern Virginia. I lived in Clarendon, Roslyn, um, right kind of over the Key Bridge. So, and you had some but, kind you know, of yeah. D.C. area for sure. And so you're very familiar with the area. Absolutely. I spent three years there. I used to go to Supreme Court briefings. I used to walk around the Capitol. I knew people who worked for um, people who are very high up in political office today and hang out in their offices and do stuff. I know people who work for George Soros. You know, I know people in my law school went to the FBI. Okay, so, very cool, yeah. very cool. Now, and you were involved in that whole Whitewater. Uh, uh, no, I took a job. I took a summer intern with a guy by the name of John Clark. You know John Clark. You interviewed him, okay. and I worked for John for a summer on the uh, Vince Foster investigation. He represented right. a guy by the name of Oh God, it's uh, somebody who was at the park, Fort Marcy Park, the day that Vince Foster's body was found. What was his name again? Dean Arnold. No. No, no. Dean Arnold wrote a book that right. was uh, Vince and Hillary. Was that right? So I interviewed Dean Arnold, too. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I'm totally blanking on his name. Anyway, so I worked for John Clark. I helped him go over briefs. But really what I did is he put out an addendum about the Vince Foster that right. um, countered the the main one that was put out by, I can't even, this is like 25 years ago. But basically what we did, I sat with John. We, we filled the forms out, put them in envelopes, and I was the lackey who delivered this addendum to every member of Congress and every senator. So I walked around the north side and south side of the Capitol going to people's offices, handing them out. I remember going into Arlen Specter's office while he was still alive and handing this thing out to his front door. I handed something to Senator Levin from, from uh, Michigan, and he just looked at me like with big old goofy lizard eyes and i just said here this so you know i saw a lot of those people i went into every person's office i remember going into the senator the black lady was the senator from illinois before obama talked to her so you know i, w I was around and then uh, that kind of opened my eyes to the rabbit hole you know vince foster was i went to fort marcy park stood over the berm where vince foster was laid dumped and i was like no way this guy did no way this guy killed himself here not in this park fort marcy was an old civil war fort and uh he was also a known kind of cruising gay cruising spot off of uh one of the parkways in northern virginia but um anyway i knew that you know that was below and it was clearly a dump and uh you know that kind of that kind of led me down a different pathway of understanding political murder and uh how politics really works. Um, so that was a very interesting experience. I remember people were following following uh, this guy around with black black like attache cases and briefcases. It was incredible. It was like watching the police state in action. But uh, so then you know I just I just remember meeting a lot of people. I used to be, go to the Lloyd Blankfein's lawyer. I know I used to know the, his. Um, his intern. So I used to go to Step Bill and Johnson and hang out and drink beer on Fridays there. So, you know, I, I kind of just was a very, on a very low level person, but just was around. Like I knew a guy who worked for uh, Monica Lewinsky's lawyer. 
the um, Plato Kacharis. So I used to go to Plato Kacharis' office off of Connecticut Avenue and Fart. You know, just I used to go to all these little places and not know anybody there, but just knew who these people were. So the Monica Lewinsky thing. So, you know, I was there during the um, Star Report, you know, so I read a lot of that stuff. Read actually the footnotes are very interesting. If you haven't read the footnotes to the Star Report, um, you're missing out on a lot of important information. Well, Always give, read the footnotes. Give us an idea. Well, like, what, what would we I find in these footnotes? What's that? And give us an idea. Oh, what what like, would we find? Bill Clinton. Oh, I, I can't repeat some of the stuff that's in there. Really? Yeah. Because it, it's sexually explicit? Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Okay, we got to get those, man. You got to get those for me. I want to read that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm surprised that nobody in the public really really went with some of the stories that were in the footnotes. Oh, yeah. We'll do a whole show about it. Yeah. Why don't you pull them well, out? Yeah. I don't know if it's that, if it's that, but there's some there's some juicy bits in those things. No question. Even a half hour. Okay. Well, so, um, yeah, what was that guy's name? Now I'm totally blanking. I know. He, I had him on the show. I know who you're talking about. The guy yeah. who found, yeah, he was there in the park, and then they, they stalked this guy, and they had FBI agents stalking him, and then he sued the FBI and stuff. I think he left the country. I don't blame him. What yeah. was his name? I'm totally blanking on his name. Well, it's amazing how you remember the names of my guests better than I do. <laughs> you know, because uh, I've listened to your shows. I'm, I'm like a, I'm a fan of the Edelman Report. You've been rattling him off better, better than I remember. Uh, it's, oh, it's yeah, a... so John Clark and I were, I mean, we used to go to John Clark's office, which was in a kind of a semi-rundown part of that of D.C. back then, but now they put in the, the Wizards uh, arena up there in kind of North Park, and that whole area has now been totally gentrified, yuppified, but back in the day, it was like... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me me and the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kind of a gritty Chinatown area. I used to work at this dump called the Dixie Grill, which was right next to where President Lincoln was laid in his bed after he got shot from at Ford's Theater. He was dragged across the street. So I used to go to work there and um, watch all the tourists come in and just watch. You know, so, but I don't think it's, it's not the Dixie Grill anymore. It's some other place. But, uh, yeah, just funny stories. And you were saying also, of... too, that you've been in those tunnels, like underneath the White House that go back and Absolutely. forth. Absolutely. Yeah, so I did a full tour underneath the White House of the White House. I actually saw there's old charred parts of the underground of the White House when the British burned it down in 1812 that are still there. So I touched that. Um, I had seen the, you know, I mean, I, I was at the, the bowling alley. This is 1995, so... Um, Right there at the beginning. I've been to inaugurations. I've been all over those. Oh, I actually cool. stepped on. Yeah, I was at an inauguration. I stepped on Evander Holyfield's shoe. Okay. And uh, I almost got punched in the face by Evander Holyfield. It would have been a good one. But uh, he looked at me. I, I was close. I almost got punched by it. So that's kind of like really? a story I retell. What's he, that? Really? He seems like such a nice guy. He's super <laughs> nice. I was. I totally stepped on his foot. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what to say. I, did, I was totally my fault. I didn't. I'm surprised he didn't punch me, but uh, yeah, I was so. You yeah, know, so, yeah. Back in uh, my old church, 
there was a guy who was uh, one of the lightweight uh, or featherweight, heavyweight, uh, lightweight champions, right? He actually went to, he was in the Olympics and stuff like that. He was one, one of the champs. We used to call him champ. And I always, when he had his eyes closed and he was praying, I always thought, man, I could give this guy a sucker punch and then say I knocked out the champ. <laughs> but I, 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 used to, I used to tell that all the time. But uh, I, never, I never quite went through with it because you can't hit somebody in church, right? Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad you did it. The guy's name was Patrick Knowlton. Right. Patrick Knowlton. Yeah, so he I was... had sit down. We, John Clark, Patrick Knowlton, and I had interrelated with Patrick Knowlton three or four times. We all, all sat down and had dinner. And, uh, you know, so I knew those people somewhat personally. You know, I used to take the Metro back to John Clark's place where he was living in Foggy Bottom, that area. And, you know, so, you know, I was somewhat related to these guys who, you know, were involved in, in suing. And, and they were very successful in the sense that the D.C. Circuit Court, there was a three-judge three three court ju three judge court that put that John Clark's addendum into the record. So it was like the alternate theory of the Vince Foster case. So there was something of victory there. Yeah, Patrick so Norton, I found him to be a very credible witness uh, when I had him oh, on the show. I, I never felt like he was being dishonest about anything. Yeah. yeah I'd been in his presence, so I, you know, I, didn't, I never got that, that sense at all. Did you ever run into Linda Tripp? No. Okay. I ran into really, who knows, I mean, no, I've run into funny people. I ran into famous authors, kids. I've actually sat down and had beers with um, the blonde ghost. What was his name? The blonde ghost that was uh, his daughter. He was like a spy. Not familiar, no. No, it, he's a famous spy. It's uh, Theodore Shackley. Oh, I actually okay. drank. Yeah, so I, I drank beers at the third edition in Georgetown with with her and a buddy of mine who works for George Soros. But we uh, we were done drinking, you know, had two or three beers, and she pulled out a card and said, I'll take care of it. I was like, all right. She just paid with like a black Exxon mobile card or something. So now with that background, what do you make of this whole Seth Rich uh, theory? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear it wasn't a burglary. And I think that it's pretty clear that he was murdered. Um, I don't know where he was for those two hours from where he was last seen at the bar and to where he was shot. But it certainly seems like nobody's talking, which is very interesting. Like no cops who are on the scene have been come forward. You can't even get a clear understanding of what hospital he went to. I have not been able to confirm that. Maybe somebody else has or what the kind of ETA of where he went. I know that somebody's written on 4chan or something that he was the doctor who treated him, but that can't be verified. Yeah, that can't be real. So, right. So, um, why aren't those actual details of that of that case public? You know, it's pretty remarkable. They could put all the rumors to rest. And I think it's also suspicious that the DNC did not um, put out any type of reward for him. Like, that's odd, too. Uh, it seems pretty clear that he was, you know, they, they always just call him a staffer at the DNC, which is also suspicious because he was actually in a specific role, which was border registration, you know. And uh, so, I mean, my take on that is you know, uh, the, the, the ride up to the, the, the vote was a hard road. You know, mm -hmm. they were take, the Democrats were taking a hard road to victory and scheming and manipulating. They, they edged out Bernie. You know what happened in, in Nevada. 
Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff was happening in California. They didn't even count the votes in California. That's right. There's declared. boxes of uncounted okay. votes in California. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. They just declared here Hillary the winner. Yeah. They didn't even have a, And they actually got the guy who was supposed to count the votes. And he said, we didn't count them. We just declared. He actually admitted that they didn't even count the votes. I forgot the guy's name. But uh, so it was a hard road and people got murdered on the way. And I think probably Seth Rich was one of them. Those and the, the lies that they're telling, like Podesta and these guys are saying that they were hacked by the Russians, those are obvious lies. And the fact that they're saying hacked instead of leaked, I think is very telling because those were leaked. Those were not hacked. And it all fits, all the kind of puzzle pieces kind of fit together. Um, so, you know, a lot of people died. Like one of the WikiLeaks guys fell in front of a train in the UK. Right. You know, rat and the other guy who supposedly had the um, the file from from Seth Rich died of a fact at, fast acting, and then those guys were old Ratner. Can't remember the other guy's name from from Scotland, but yeah, I mean, just suspicious stuff. So a lot of people, you know, no, I can't even figure out the whole story of the supposed suicide of Victor Thorne, who wrote a bunch of books about Hillary and Bill. You know, he supposedly walked to the top of a hill and committed suicide. This family isn't talking. So yeah, there's a lot of heavy-duty manipulations and sketchy things on the way to, you know, her eventual loss. But uh, Victor Thorne was murdered, what, died during the campaign, during, during the primary? Yeah, so he was on that list. Victor Thorne died. When did he supposedly commit suicide? Victor Thorne. What day did he die? August 1st, 2016. Almost a year ago, yeah. Yeah, so he um, he wrote, yeah. I think he wrote something after I wrote a Colt 9-11. He wrote a book called The Colt 9-11. He wrote a lot. But he was, yeah. So um, that was another one. That was another one that supposedly died, you know, supposedly committed suicide. But he would, yeah, that's, that's suspicious as hell, too. When did, when did uh, I think Rich died in July, right? I don't know. So. So Victor Thorne died in August, and then what was the John Ash? When did he die? John Ash died. He was supposed to testify. Remember that guy? That was June, June twenty second, twenty sixteen. Right, that's the black guy, right? That was a black dude. He supposedly right. hit himself with a with like a barbell. Barbell, right? So it was Ash. Then it was when did Seth Rich? That was July 10th, so when Ash, Rich, McCuffka slash Victor Thorne, and then who else was Who else? There were other people, right? Yeah, well, Sean Lucas. Sean Lucas. When did Sean Lucas supposedly? The, the That's processor. very suspicious. Didn't you talk to his, his it, family? Yeah, his best friend from 18 years old. Um, talked to him. That was August, too. Yeah, but when I just talked to him again recently, though, he says, you can, when, after the uh, toxicology came back, uh, and they found those, you know, some of the drugs they found in him are used for anesthesia. These are serious drugs. It's, you know, it's, fentanyl you know, is super potent. Yeah. It's fentanyl. The first time I talked to him, he said, no, nah, the guy's a um, martial artist. He's in great shape. He's starting this new business. He's got a fiance. He's starting a, a, a coconut oil business, you know. And it was a DJ. He worked as a DJ. But what he really did was a DJ. He just does a couple of processing jobs on the side, just like I do, you know. It wasn't his right. uh, full-time job. Then uh, he kind of disappeared. The friend disappeared. He wasn't getting back to me. And after the toxicology came, report came back, he says, you know, he, first he was saying the family was being suspiciously quiet. 
they weren't talking about anything. Hmm. The last time I talked to him, he says, you know, I don't, I think it's just what, I think it's what it appears that uh, he, he died of an, an accidental overdose because the people around him are so vocal that if anything was suspicious, they'd be making a big stink out of it. Interesting. But now, you, who knows? Maybe they got to him too, you know, and he's my only source in, in the situation. Uh, except well, the, it seems yeah. odd that somebody would be doing fentanyl with some, what else was the other thing that was uh, in his body? It was fentanyl and cyclobenzaprine. Like, I'm going to do fentanyl and cyclobenzaprine. Like, that's something like, that's not, cyclobenzaprine is not a, it's like a muscle relaxer, a lot relaxing, right? Yeah, some people though, you know, they'll, they'll put, they'll take anything. You know what I mean? Anything so, put in front so of them. They're like garbage sheds, you know. Yeah, you know. But, but uh, I thought somebody wrote online that all three of those drugs are what they use to, um, to, to like kill people in jails. You know? Oh, really? To give capital, yeah. Well, the other one, is an opioid, so he supposedly is taking an opioid and fentanyl. And a muscle relaxant. And also Crantin, too. Isn't it Crantin? Yeah, that was, so Mitrogene Gynine is the Kratom. Okay. So he's taking, supposedly he was taking Kratom, a muscle relaxant, muscle relaxant, and fentanyl, which is really, that's super dangerous. Man. Wait, Kratom, is that the, the drug you use to get off of opiates? Supposedly, yeah. It supposedly helps you get off of opiates. Okay, that's interesting. Now, when I asked the friend, I said, was he a drug user? He kind of hemmed and hawed. And uh, he said, nothing serious, no serious drugs. Like, so I guess he was talking like marijuana and ecstasy because he was a DJ. That would be, you know, right. is what he I exposed assumed. all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it is kind of weird that uh, he died the same day they filed that motion for him to, uh, the DNC filed a motion uh-huh. challenging the, um, the, the service. Which is so bizarre. Now, now you've handled yeah. a lot of cases. That's pretty. Absolutely. You know, well, yeah. Nobody really challenges service. That's really hair splitting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the judge just said, well, okay, then well then just you know because they did have a hearing over it, and they said, well, just serve their attorney right now, and they just served the attorney, accepted the service. So, but to have a yeah, it's kind of that's kind of unusual to uh, challenge service, yeah. especially yeah, one that was on video that was videotaped. Right. It was videotaped to confirm service, right? I mean, all they had to do is con- uh, show the judge the videotape. It was done. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So It's uh, super. Uh, the death of Lucas is super sketchy. I, I just, you know. Typically, Kratom users, too, everybody would know they'd take Kratom like it's a source of pride. Like, I take Kratom. I'm proud of it. But oh, really? Nobody, yeah. Because there's, it's kind of like a hipster painkiller, right? <laughs> Well, the so, last time I mentioned the Kratom thing, I know a lot of people contacted me, like the experts on Kratom, you know, they, they wanted to, you know, hey, hey, don't you understand about Kratom? You know, okay, sorry. Buy it, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm on a Daniel fast for 50 days. I'm not even having a beer. <laughs> you know? Are you still fasting? Yeah, man. I lost like oh, 35 yeah. pounds. <laughs> Damn, 50 days. How much longer are you going to go? I think I'm going to go like another 20, 30 days at least. Um, wow, but I'm feeling. Intense. I feel really good. I feel really good, man. Good. No sugar, no sugar at all. Not a drop of sugar. Uh, so wow, feels, that's intense. Yeah, it feels good. Do now, you have like 20 hours of energy a day? How how long are you sleeping? Um, I you know what? I get up in the morning now, three o'clock in the morning uh, every day, and sometimes I get up even a little earlier. 
And but I go to bed like seven, eight o'clock at night. I'm, it's already my bedtime. Early to bed. <laughs> yeah. Early to bed. Early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, yeah, that, two out of three. Maybe <laughs> two out of three, right? There you go. Two out of three in bed. Yeah. Now, yeah, what, so you yeah. know, Seth Rich, that whole thing is, I think, in the context of everything that happened during that election cycle, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that, you know, he was murdered. It's not a robbery. You can't call it a robbery. The guy had like a tag hewer watch on. That would be the first thing somebody would steal. It's his cell phone and his watch, right? That would be done in 10 seconds. Well, but he had defensive wounds. He had wounds to his knuckles and his knees. So what would that be now if he was being interrogated, I guess? Yeah, somebody wanted to know, did you do this? Did you do this? Hmm. You know? I mean, I, I don't... I have so little belief in kind of police reports these days a lot of times they just get things wrong i want to know where he was when he left the last bar until when it supposedly happened at four o'clock there's missing pieces he was up for two hours supposedly talking to his girlfriend is that confirmed i want to know where he was because if he wasn't if that wasn't the case maybe he was abducted somebody was was you know debriefing him through force and that's why he has these wounds you know there were three guys got a hold of him i don't know what happened now i was saying last night because because some of these theories out there are pretty wild that um, the whole DNC police department would be in on it, and that they actually showed up at the hospital and prevented his doctor from treating him. Now, it, it, what is your experience with the DC, DC police? Is it that uh, possible? Uh, I think that you know, I think that it's possible. Okay. I, I didn't really see any naked corruption, but I was there during Marion Barry, which was like he was smoking crack. Right. They caught him smoking crack. So, and he was super corrupt, and uh, so. It's hard to believe that no information would slip out about the truth about Seth Rich. So I, I don't, I don't know what to believe. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that the story that he was still alive is really legit. You know, he might've been dead on the shot. If you're shot twice, a 22 is like an With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Assassin's bullet, you know, that's what they use because the bullet doesn't bounce around a lot. I mean, outside of the body, but uh, yeah, it's very strange. That whole that whole situation. I don't know what to. I don't know. I can believe that if he got it was a political assassination. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Okay, but if I it mean, was- it seems like you know what this is very common in D.C. is that there are um, very naive, very idealistic people who come to D.C. out out of, from the Midwest, um, you know, all from all over the country. They believe in the integrity of the system. They love the history of the United States, and they come to D.C. and they realize that it operates in a different way, and they get disappointed. You know, they they see things uh, that are much more corrupt, much more deal, you know, side dealing things that are happening under the table. And Seth Rich might have been one of those. That's not hard to believe. If you look at his pictures, he's wearing like American flag, like real true believer type stuff. You know, like yeah, the, one of those wacky West- people. Who show up at the conventions wearing all those weird outfits and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. a true believer. And so maybe he saw something. I mean, he saw Bernie getting screwed. He was a Bernie guy. And, you know, it's plausible that he he took the information. 
Well, uh, the only indication of that would be the Assange uh, tweets and the reward, you know, and the, and the Assange. Right, well, his statement yeah. on that, to me, when he was talking to the Dutch guy or whatever, right. that is very telling. He basically insinuated that Seth Rich was the guy without saying it. Yeah, that's know? really the only uh, definitive connection to the WikiLeaks. Otherwise, well, he could have had some other information. Well, I can't remember. Somebody else is convinced that they got information that the guy who died, the older Scottish guy who was one of the WikiLeaks founders, went to D.C., and met somebody and got the information. I haven't verified that yet, but there was a connection to DC. So, what do you make it? And when you look at the conversation with the family, it seems like to me they know a lot more than they're ever talking to the public. Do you see that video of the parents and the brother? Yeah, where they're saying they're thanking everybody for doing the investigating. Yeah, I mean, they they to me it looks like almost too rote. Like they knew what said, like their son was up to something. They don't want to say anything, you know. They don't want to describe what his real his real opinions were, um, his experiences, what he thought about DC, what he thought about the DNC. They don't say any specifics about that. Do you notice that? Yeah, like now that they got that. Yeah, they got that uh, political hack, that uh, Democratic um, yeah. crisis manager. Crisis manager, right? Yeah. Which is another. I mean, there are so many suspicious actions by the Democratic Party that. You know, that also is, is something that, you know, I think is very telling as well. I mean, why is, what's that lady, Donna Brazil, pops out and says, why are you investigating this? Why do you care? You know, if it's just a simple robbery, you shouldn't even give up. You shouldn't even make a statement, right? Well, no, but I, I think what, what her complaint was is that this private investigator was calling around and talking to people. That's not unusual, you know? No. Because people freak out when they hear that. You know, what, what do you mean? Why am I being investigated? Why, what, you know, why are you asking me questions? Why are you calling me for? That's very common. Interesting. Yeah. And, and they'll call the cops, too. And they'll call the cops and say, oh, this guy pretended he was a cop. He called up and said he was a detective. He I'm lying about and, it, right? Yeah, he said it was Chris. a sergeant. He said, he said, he said sergeant. And you know, I've seen that a million times, you know? So right. that kind of thing happens. Now, what do you make of this um, a situation down in Miami, Florida, where this uh, federal prosecutor... Barrington, whatever. Yeah, odd name, and he shows up uh, yeah. in his dress clothes, his work clothes, in the ocean. Washes right. up on the beach. Didn't they say he got shot in the face too? There's an injury to his head. The last I heard, I just yeah. had that. You know, I had the DC the DC fraud lawyers on last week, and uh, right, the Becks or whatever. Yeah, right. And I was going to follow that up this week with Nico House because he's the paralegal in that case. He was one of the guys behind the whole idea of getting that thing going. Um, right. And so. What, 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 that, that would be like a that's a serious business you know if, if a, a federal prosecutor even though he was only a prosecuting a, a immigration fraud and passports and stuff like that yeah I mean it's a federal issue I mean it's pretty pretty clear that uh, that's that's intense I mean somebody said there were only like 12 murders of federal prosecutors in the last 60 years or something like that right it's like not very many yeah. because they, he was also on like the commission for professionalism for the Supreme Court of Florida. Oh, that's interesting. Like this guy, so he's like a real skin, you know, hair splitter when you make it on that. So, Well, there was probably so, another lawyer so, that killed him, right? <laughs> well, perhaps. I mean, somebody he found out, he, you know, you never know. But I heard he was involved in, you know, passport type stuff. And, right. So that's highly suspicious. Right, because the thing is, a murder like that, they, they the cops and the, the DAs have their own investigative squads and stuff like that too, you know. They would turn the city upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like making mass arrests of everybody, trying to get, you know, the whole neighborhood, and pulling people in for warrants and stuff, trying to get information. You know, 
is that going on down there? Because I don't. We're talking to uh, the Beck, uh, Elizabeth Beck last week. It doesn't even sound like it's even on the news. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. That's a very suspicious death. Because there seems to be some kind of connection to Wasserman Schultz too, and Wasserman Schultz and these two guys, the Awan brothers. Did you look into that? A little bit, you know. I've a little bit. I've I've covered a little bit. I mean, not covered it, but I've read. I've followed yeah. George Webb. I'm trying to figure out what's going out with it, what's going on with him. But uh, I think the Awans brothers is a real story. Yeah. So they just. I mean, they act like they're guilty. They left the country. So, um, and then that whole thing with Wasserman Schultz threatening the the chief of police wanting her her computer back. Why would she even care? She can just go buy take. You know, they get funds from the government to go buy new stuff for their office she could just go buy a new computer why does she even want that that computer back that's just suspicious as hell to me um so yeah i mean maybe he had information they wanted and that was that was the reason he got popped so i don't know yeah i mean not that i mean the thing is there's so many suspicious deaths you can go back through the clintons and it's just like death after death after death it goes back to foster right it goes back to arkansas really so um, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously they have a, a huge control over the media, even to this day, where her ex campaign managers are coming on to talk about this Comey stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> right. And and where does Podesta go after he's done? He goes to the Washington Post. Yeah, right. for the Washington Post. So how many how many people did she have on the payroll that they found through those emails? How many people was she paying? Sixty five or something? I forgot what the real facts were. But like, I mean, she clearly has people on the payroll. They may not have a choice about what they're supposed to say because they've been paid. You know, right? See, now that, that's an interesting fact because when you look at the, the the degree of power that they have, they're so entrenched everywhere in the CIA. You know, with the MENA drug smuggling, all that stuff. You know, right. uh, in the the media yeah. the, and, and HUD. You know, they, I'm hearing that they still they're still doling out hud grants you know they're still wow, that's amazing yeah i know yeah and even i remember Man. we would hear say well we know where to go for a grant you know when hillary's running against right. bernie well, you know when you need a grant you go to the clintons so right I how mean, does she it's lose? a cartel they've run they run their whole politics as a cartel right they put their own people in loyalists who are going to cover for them and that's probably why she she thought she could take a lot of that money from foreign governments. I mean, because she knew where all the money was spent. I mean, the, McCabe's wife, the acting head of the FBI, got a $750,000 loan from the DNC or somebody from the Democratic thing. I mean, it's a straight bribe, dude. Yeah. Give me a break. That's super corruption. That's something that needs to be investigated immediately. But it never will be because they got too much power. They're, they're still entrenched, you know? Still no so question. Th- then let me ask you this, man. How did she lose the election? If th- That's a question. I don't know. And how did this knucklehead, this guy get in there who's obviously incompetent? It's amazing. I didn't expect it to happen. Something had somebody within, there was a group within the government who didn't want her in. And that's probably really, probably the real old line American elite pulled the rug out from under her at the end. You know, that's what probably happened. And she couldn't figure out a way. That's why she didn't show up at the that speech. Where remember when Podesta came out and right. gave the speech? I mean, Podesta can barely string together three words. Have you noticed him talk? He's a terrible public speaker. Like somebody who's been in politics for that long, can't even. Well, maybe he was under duress, which is excusable. 
because she's in the back, you know, crying and drinking shots of vodka or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, I mean, that whole thing. So there's a lot happening under the surface, you know. I A lot of stuff that probably they didn't see. It's people who Trump got good advice at the end, you know. Go to Pennsylvania. Go to Michigan. You know, these are the people that, that are going to turn it for you. So she, you can't say that she went, ran a great campaign, and you can't say that she was healthy. I mean, she flopped on September 11th, 2016. They chucked her into that big, big black van. She couldn't even walk, dude. Her shoe fell off, right? Yeah. So maybe that that's what freaked out a lot of the real the real power players is like, holy smokes. They Maybe they know how crazy she is. I mean, she has disconjugate eyes. Her eyes do not follow normally. She has a kind of literal physical brain damage, you know? So... Um, you know, when people saw that, that was just a big lie and they're trying to cover it up. They're like, holy crap, we can't vote for her. We'll just go with Trump. Yeah, and also, we too, it, it, I don't know. They would have been, like, their dynasty would have been so entrenched, you know, yeah. with another eight years of her in there. The, oh, it, man, just incredible. It, it was, was like American Caesarism, really. It's just like a family. And maybe that's what the old line families, the real old money that owns tons of property, saw that was a threat, is that she really had a desire to to come to their status, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's why she was taking so much money. And they said, no, she's she's too dirty or too corrupt. We can't risk it. I mean, there's something to be said about Trump. About, I mean, clearly has a lot of stuff going on, but he has his own money, you know? He doesn't need to run the, the system like a bank like the Clintons do. Well, yeah, it, it seems like Trump is not even looking to go after, like, the big heroin smuggling money and stuff like that you know he's not even i don't even no. think he's even has an ambition he's, he's more like nickel and diamond i'm like overcharging him at mar-a-lago and charging the secret service for hotel rooms and and, and apartments up in, in trump tower it, like it, they're nickel and diamond <laughs> <laughs> you know well uh, yeah we'll see i i don't know i mean it's it's remarkable that he's in there he certainly doesn't look like somebody who's ever done it like he's done it before you know there's a lot of missteps oh yeah so and also, too, if you look at the way he's aged and deteriorated oh, since – if you, if you go back, do this when you get a chance. Go on YouTube and look at the first debate, the first debate where he was the center of attention and uh, Kellyanne uh, – Kelly – you know what I'm talking about, Megyn Kelly. Right, Kellyanne Conway? No, Megyn Kelly. Ask him that first Megan question. Kelly, yeah. yeah. He was like a, a sharp guy, fast talking. He was quick on his feet, yeah. quick on his wits. And you look at him now, he can barely stutter out a sentence. And he's tweeting, no, man, he's Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I know. His people had to come up with a big excuse for that, right? Yeah. Did you see the picture of him when he was in Israel and he just kind of wandered off and Netanyahu, Netanyahu grabbed his arm, made him come back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he just kind of got up and just like, I don't even know where I am. Right. And, and then, then he starts babbling. He didn't do the handshake, you know, with the most important part. And then he starts babbling yeah. about, I never said Israel. I never, when I was, when I was <laughs> giving away the secrets to the Russians, I never mentioned Israel. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, man. So. I guess he's just over his head, you know? Uh, well, I'm sure he didn't know the enormity of the corruption that was going on in Washington. And I mean, the whole city is aligned against him. Yeah. So. I can't imagine. He doesn't really have. Uh, I mean, they were doesn't have any any real support. Maybe Sessions is his own guy. He almost quit supposedly. That's true. He's got his own people in the Republican Party who are backstabbing him and linking stuff. He's getting leaks from that. He, you know, he's got. Uh, he's got his one guy at the CIA, Pompeo. So at least that's that's an asset he's got. But I can't think of anything else. I mean, imagine eight years 
of Obama, it's all the Democratic people are in power, you know? Yeah. And, so and he, he has got it tough. He's not even appointing his own people. Though. He's not even putting up his own people. Uh, bringing in his, yeah. But who's he going to bring in? That's a good point. He yeah. doesn't have a large group. You know, a lot of the earlier politicians, something George Bush was really good about, he always had all of these, you know, people that he could rely on. He had a whole team of right. people he could install who were loyalists. And Clinton, too. So you give him credit for that. But Trump was not a person who's an entrenched politician, so he hasn't developed those relationships that these guys have, corrupt or not, over decades, you know? So and he's, he's few, in a unique position. Yeah, these few that he did know, like Manafort. Manafort lived in Trump Tower. He has an apartment in Trump Tower. So, like, this is how he knows these people, <laughs> you know, from his, like, little circle of friends there and stuff. Right. Well, go look at who's Roger Stone on uh, right. on Netflix. At the very end, there's Roger Stone walking into Trump Tower. Yeah. So those guys, I mean, those 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 are old school political guys, but they they're not people who run bureaucracies. They don't run administrative bodies, you know. Hey, you what do you make of a Dershowitz? There, FBI, CIA, all uh, those. Dershowitz running interference now for Trump, saying that uh, uh, Comey, uh, it, what, what, him ordering, uh, him hoping that Comey drops the investigation. That that's that's uh, admissible, that's allowable, uh, permissible. Uh, have you been watching that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Comey clearly, uh, if you look at some of the background of Comey, he's a cover-up guy for the Clintons for decades now. Mm, really? So, I mean, yeah, well, and then there's there's a guy, I wish I could remember, there's a captain who wrote something about him, but um, there's clearly intent on behalf of a Clinton lower guy to extract her from uh, emails, you know? he couldn't Comey couldn't find intent. There's clearly intent. So he, there's a lot of things that he is... And neglecting to to pursue, and some of his excuses are laughable. You know, a trained lawyer just goes, "What? Like, hold on." Now, some of these are like, you know, strict liability. You do or you don't. There's not really something. And he talked about a reason. He applied some kind of reasonable standard as to a reasonable person wouldn't do that. Well, it's not about reasonableness. It's about did you do it or not. So, um, yeah, he was he was definitely um, to me, you know. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, Comey. He was just sitting there, and it seemed like he would be, he would have been happy to be like another J. Edgar Hoover, like a uh, you know a central figure who's sitting at the FBI. So I think that firing him on Trump's behalf was great because I do think the recent things that he stated in that when was it yesterday or Thursday he had to because of the lightning strike Trump and Sessions pulled on him when he went to California. They didn't just want to fire him. They want all of his documentation. They want to. They want. They don't want him to go back to the office. Right. They want all the stuff that he's written. They want all the memos. So when he says, "I sent that memo," the after leaking that memo, which is actionable um, in a really functioning legal system, that's you know he could lose his law license. Um, uh, he the reason that he stated and it said all that is because they probably knew it already. They know that he could be perjuring himself in public. If he says he didn't do it, because they probably have evidence on his computer that he printed it out and took it, right? So that's why he couldn't lie on those things, because perjury, then that's that's a criminal offense. He could go to the big house, you know? But the So that's is, why I think that he stated all that stuff openly is because that Sessions and Trump already have the goods on him. And they probably have more goods than that, you know, that those guys didn't even know the right questions to ask. But it seems like um, uh, uh, Trump didn't even know he was in California because they sent Keith uh, Schiller over to uh, the FBI headquarters in D.C. Interesting. 
I something tells me that somebody there knew that he was out of out of office, out of pocket. It was a very sharp, smart, clever maneuver. Hmm. You know, don't go back to the office. We've got all your stuff. They have all the stuff. They have the goods on him. They've got the goods on Cole. I can assure you, he's gonna he's gonna go real quietly into the night. If he doesn't go to, you know, it doesn't get something bad doesn't happen to him. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's why they did it. It's not just the fire. They want to know all of his doc, what he's been up to, right? They want to know what his his people before him were up to. They got Sessions has all that information. He serves under Sessions at the Department of Justice. That's what a lot of people didn't really seem to get the, and that's why he said that stuff about Loretta Lynch. Is that the reality was, is that he's an underling of Loretta Lynch. He was an underling of her. So, you know, he did stuff according to what she said, and then we know that she was on the tarmac with Bill, right? So, you know, that's the way that the authority flows. Yeah, it's interesting right. too because when they say that you know, well Comey is this old-fashioned uh, seasoned uh, uh, DOJ guy, so he knew to take these notes after every meeting. How come no one ever mentions? Well, then why didn't Lynch take a notes after right. Bill Clinton walks out to her? Where were her notes? There were no right. notes Good because point. they were busy uh, intimidating the reporters, saying don't report on this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That wasn't even supposed to get out, right? No, it wasn't. It, it, yeah. A guy in New Mexico, uh, a local reporter, uh, leaked it. Everyone yeah, else got the quiet. Alive? Is he still alive? Good question. I, mean, I don't even know his name. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen the interplay between Loretta Lynch? There was a Republican guy, another lawyer, asking her questions, and she just kept dodging and dodging because she knew she was trying to get her to commit to stuff. But he kept saying to her, is there such a thing as strict liability? And she wouldn't even give a yes or no answer. It's incredible. It was like a totally lack, total lack of integrity to basic black letter law. It was like the guy kept saying, is there such a thing you do or not? And she said, well, in certain cases, you know, you have to look at the letter of the law. And she just kept dodging and she kept asking her. And then he said, man, after talking to you, Miss Lynch, I wish Eric Holder was back, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was incredible stuff. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's. I've never seen anything like that, you know. Well, let me the ask you this. Like, during the Benghazi hearings, which brought up the whole email stuff, so, so obviously there were some people on the other side, uh, the Republicans, who were trying to dig up some dirt on Clinton. But even a cursory investigation of the Clinton Foundation would... would right. <laughs> you know, it's just so blatant. Yeah, you've had Ortel on. Yeah. I mean, Ortel is still recording it, so you know that um, it's totally corrupt. I mean, my understanding is they didn't even do the basic... Right. You know, legal stuff to establish a nonprofit. They just said it was a nonprofit, you know, but they didn't even do the paperwork. They had the money to do it. They had the legal knowledge. They were just so cavalier about it that they didn't even do it. Yeah, they actually took the legal entity, like the corporation that they used to set up the Clinton Library to, to go and just switched it and use it for, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like the kind of stuff I would do with my little corporations. You know what I mean? Like they're doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are like huge money making yeah. multimillion dollar corporations who can't do basic, you know, stuff. They could probably have gone on to, you know. What is it? Rocket Law or whatever, Zoom Rocket or whatever right. it is. Yeah. They could have just have just printed that out and done it. Didn't even do it. With no concern. No no not even no, the slightest concern. Totally blase, you know. Total contempt for uh you know, basic legal functioning. Yeah. I mean, and they're both law edu law uh, Yale trained lawyers, which is even scarier, you know. So, mm -hmm. Whoa. 
really scary. Well, they have no so, fear. Yeah. I mean, it's the Trump. The Trump is fighting against this entrenched corruption that pervades the entire system. So, drain the swamp really is a is a correct phrase, you know. And every you know the the corruption, all those people at the top of the DNC. I'm not saying the RNC is saintly or anything like that or clean, but the DNC knows all those top heads of the Democratic National committee they all know the criminality they know the law breaking they know the scurrilous stuff i'm sure they know about podesta you know hmm. that they know this stuff they just are keeping quiet about it well yeah and the podesta's do business with russia too and uh the podesta the brother was in those uh panama bank leaks uh interest yeah up to and by the way too and those panama banking website people who did, did discovered the panama bank i can't get them on the show they won't even talk to me well, yeah, maybe they got warned. Who knows? Yeah, you know, that know. seems to be what happens. Now, 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 it interests me though that Dershowitz, you know, who came up in the uh, the Epstein uh, uh, litigation, and he was accused of being one of the people who was raping his little kid, uh, Virginia Roberts. Right. Well, that's what she said, right? That's yeah. what she said. Yeah, well, Virginia Jufre, yeah. which was settled very conveniently. You know, her her case. You'll never find the truth about that. I yeah. bet that payout was seven figures, no question. She says she's very pleased yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet they made her a very generous offer, and that was it. Boys came in, the big-time, you know, top lawyer who, incidentally, was sitting across the table from Damian Eccles on an interview when they when they were killing all the, or putting to death, you know, a lot of the criminals in Arkansas. Did you ever see that interview? No, I did not. Which lawyer are you talking about? Incredible. It was on, um, Charlie Rose was, was typically the interviewer, but it was a stand-in, I forget his name, the younger guy. And he was interviewing Damian Eccles, his wife. And David Boy is sitting right there, you know, this real super lawyer, really, if you want to call him that, a real top-notch guy who handled the Jeffrey case and sitting there talking. It was incredible, too, because Eccles is talking stuff that, you know, he's still a convicted child killer, yeah. according to the law. And Boys is watching him talk and not saying anything. Really fascinating. I'll send you the link, but it's out there. And wait, David Boys, Damien Eccles. Boys is the attorney for uh, Maxwell? For Goofrey. No, no, she was he. I think he represented uh, the plaintiff. Okay, and he was he, a plaintiff's attorney, and he's that former uh, federal uh, uh, judge. Um, I don't know if he was a judge, but he handled he. I think he was involved in um, Bush v. Gore, right? Okay, yeah, that's that's probably the one. Yeah, but but, no, but, but he now, was involved in tons of big cases. What would Dershowitz do? What would his motive be? To be running interference with Trump now at this point, if, if it wasn't well, that Trump he might had some... have stuff on him, you know, yeah, who knows? Right. because who else? Who else is is running interference for Trump? No one. No, not really. Not many people. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot. Of that. He doesn't have a network yet. Did you see the spokesperson that was just on MSNBC this morning taking the Trump uh, the Trump spokeswoman? Uh, <laughs> the woman couldn't even get out a sentence. Uh, it's amateur hour over there. Amateur hour, yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you so think? So this is from 2015. Boys filed a motion on behalf of Jew for a to seal Dershowitz's statements regarding conversations Dershowitz alleges took place between him and Boys. So Boys was has been involved in the Jeffrey case since December 18th, 2015, and then May 4th says the Jeffrey civil suit is. To expose here's the settlement. So you know, and so the, he's been he's been uh, involved. Let's see. 
where is that? I'm trying to find the date that they settled. I mean, it was so recent. Yeah, it was, it was in May. Yeah, in like May 26, something like that, or May 24. Okay. Yeah. Very, very yeah, recent. So it's pretty, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, Money Conquers Justice, Deception Reigns. That's mm -hmm. from a Daily Caller article. Her attorneys, David Boyce, Stan Pottinger, Sigurd McCauley, and Brad Edwards settle for coins. Okay, I'm thinking of Brad Edwards. He's the one who uh, was the former judge, the federal judge. But, I mean, that's probably what terrified them is when they put boys on the case, you know? The the defendants just go, God, this is going to be bad because boys knows how to run the, you know, operate with the, you know, media, and he's totally credible. Um, so I'm sure he got paid a pretty penny. That's interesting. This, this one girl, she must have dirt on a lot of people because she's got this great legal team, you know, and uh, she's gotten one settlement after another. Uh, Who, Jufrid? Yeah. Oh, dude, she, that's the best. Yeah. I mean, you, she had boys. She's got, like, top ten lawyer in the country. Yeah. It's not a joke. They probably brought him in and said, hey, we'll give you a certain certain cut. We've got a great case. Can you come on this and give us total legitimacy? And he said, yeah. Hmm. What was it? They added it to him. Added to it. So what, what, what do you think? Do you think that, uh, Trump, back to Trump, though. You, you think he's going to survive impeachment, or, or do you think that uh, he might even get indicted for the uh, obstruction? Uh, I think he'll survive. He'll survive. Really? But he he's embattled. He does not have a he does not have a uh, a good team. You know that's really it. The guy's name who interviewed Eccles is Jeff Glor G L O R. Hmm. But on Charlie was I'm sending you the link right here. Um, but yeah, what do you think? I don't think he's going to survive this. I think he's going to wind up in jail. I think Trump will will wind up in prison. Okay. On I, what charge? Well, what charge? I think that there's a a galore of charges if they're really looking into this guy's background and all his activities uh, and even in the past few years uh, the shenanigans this guy is up to is unbelievable you, you know uh it's very interesting that adnan Khashoggi just died i think it was yesterday right. the, the ninth and you know, no one why isn't this on the news why isn't this major news that adnan Khashoggi just died the guy was involved in everything iran contra right. the richest man in the world at one point and he has overwhelming connections to trump adnan Khashoggi owned mar-a-lago adnan Khashoggi owned uh, trump's yacht and then they, yeah, they, they right. both used the yacht and then uh, Khashoggi, many people hopsica reported that uh, he was hiding out at mar-a-lago after he sold it to trump when they were serving him those subpoenas and stuff well, Why crazy. isn't this major news that, that a, a lifelong friend of Donald Trump, who's with all these connections to Iran-Contra and drug dealing, his own private airstrip down in Bahamas, why isn't this major news that the guy died? You know? Why isn't it major news? Yeah, good news? point. Well, the news is covering all this stuff. They didn't cover David Rockefeller when he died. This right. guy was like, a art, he's basically the architect of the modern American world, you know? Um, they didn't even cover anything he did. They just said he was a uh, philanthropist, which is a joke. Right. I mean, and then it's a big new Brzezinski. Only the alternative media wants to cover what he was up to. So, yeah, I mean, the media is just a big distraction machine. It's terrible. It's actually, it's actually not just like missing media poisons. No, no, no. But, but what I'm saying though is, obviously, the media is going after Trump 24 hours a day with this Russian hacking and with the, the, the obstruction right. stuff like that. Why wouldn't they be going after Trump's connection to, to uh, Khashoggi? Why wouldn't they be going after Good Trump for, for his connection to uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein 
at this point. Because that probably opens opens up the can of worms for both parties. Right, the claims. Yeah. Maxwell and Epstein is both. They're both probably blackmailed through that. Right. But but uh, did you ever find any any information about Comey being related or involved in anything Epstein was up to? No, no. There was rumors about him. Really? Yeah, you never heard that rumor about Comey wanting to dress up like uh, oh, some character from the 1950s. <laughs> that was out. There no, was some crazy. I didn't rumor. hear that. Yeah. Where'd you hear that? You didn't hear that rumor? We'd like he was over with Epstein and he dressed up like some character from 1950s comic books. Yeah, Comey. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that was a total rumor. Really? Never. And where was, was that? Never, you know, but that's another interesting too because I was supposed to no. have an epi- <laughs> It was just from some something on boat somebody put out. Okay, boat. Okay. Out, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was. Uh, what was he saying? He he. God, what did he do? He he dressed up. Yeah, I forgot. Somebody put somebody ran with that story. Now, what about uh, anything? Deep or some kind of. Uh, you got anything new on Pizzagate? Um, the guy who's covering Seth Rich is friends with a lot of people involved in Pizzagate that guy who's the the crisis advisor whatever Bauman oh really apparently he has friends a lot of friends who are uh, mentioned in the Pizzagate stuff hey you know what that would make more sense to me man if Seth Rich got murdered because he knew something about Pizzagate because there are people uh, people that worked at Common Pizza and stuff like that that are coming out that I've talked to uh, that would make more sense to me. Um, now, yeah. did you see this thing recently where de Blasio, the mayor de Blasio in New York, did his... Uh, the, 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 the what, head, Schwartz? Yeah, right. Schwartz just got busted. 3,000 images of child pornography on his laptop. Yeah, but one was six six months, like something really bad, six months old. Or right, something like that. right. So then you have him, you've got Wiener, right? So Schwartz and Wiener, right. de Blasio's holding the pizza book, and they're working for Schumer. I mean, it's like... It's like a big old bunch of sleaze bags. Yeah. So the the rumor was Comey liked people to dress up as Howdy Doody. We're out of time. William Ramsey, uh, his YouTube channel is William Ramsey Investigates, and you can hear him on uh, uh, William Ramsey Investigates uh, on many internet stations. We'll be right. uh, Thank you so much, William Ramsey. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. All right. God bless. I got to tell you. You know, I really enjoy talking. I don't get to talk to William Ramsey. <laughs> okay, we, we talk. Um, everyone thinks like, you know, me and Nico and William Ramsey, you know, we hang around, you know, we have beers together, you know, we'll sit in, around the station, you know. But I don't get to talk to these people uh, off the air that much. When me and William, we, we text on messages back and forth on Facebook usually or emails back and forth. And by the way, his show is coming up right after this. Um, on all the stations that hear me right now. He's not on American Freedom Radio, but he's on all the other stations. Um, so he'll be coming up next, a coast-to-coast episode of uh, something about these smiling face killers. Um, now, but we don't get to talk to each other as much as, as I'd like to. And he's one of the people, too. Like, I know a lot of people that I really enjoy talking to, like Ted Rubenstein and, and William Ramsey and stuff like that, and Nico and, and Casey Gain, uh, Magala, that people I enjoy talking to, Pierce Redmond, that I enjoy talking to. You know, and when I complain about all the emails I get and all the messages I get, that these nice, polite people who I, I appreciate their time think that they have to, you know, oh, it doesn't want to be bothered. I better not bother. That's what really sucks, you know, is the people who think that uh, um, the polite people, you know, who don't want to impose on you and take your time and, and annoy you, uh, they're the first ones to say, oh, well, let me not bother them, you know. And, and the, the, the people are just a pain in the ass. 
There's no control on them. There's nothing you can do to them but shoot them, you know? <laughs> All right, listen. If you enjoyed the show tonight, and I know you did, and I did too. You know, it was an impromptu show too because William was only supposed to – I just called him up this afternoon and asked him to come on the show. Because Nico was over there at that summit thing, and, he, and Bernie Sanders was late getting on stage, so he had to take care of that. Well, that's the job of a roving reporter. But if you enjoy the show, check out oppermanreport.com, the member section. Um, as, as much as uh, you know, I can, without being annoying, I'm, I'm begging you, okay? I really need some memberships this month uh, because we have to move. Also, too, my car needs repairs, too. It's overheating. And I, if anybody knows anything about cars, it's overheating, and I can smell the... Um, antifreeze um, burning we just changed the thermostat less than a year ago i'm not sure what it could be and it was overheating this it overheats when we stop at a, a light you know not when we're driving real fast so i'm gonna have to get the car fixed i don't know how much that's gonna cost but now we have to move okay my landlord was a real jerk he wants to raise the rent like 15 percent per month you know a 15 percent increase you know like out of his mind when even the comparable Places here in this building aren't even going for that much. But now we got to hire movers. I got this hernia. I can't move myself like I did the last couple of times I moved. I moved all the furniture myself. Rented a truck. I moved everything myself. I can't do it this time. So I need members. Please, I need members. If you enjoy the show, if you're listening now, even if you just go and sign up for one month, it's six bucks, man. That's nothing. You got a whole, all this 50, 60 shows in the member section. Plus documents, there's videos, there's court case documents, all kind of fun stuff there. So you go to oppermanreport.com. Now, if you want to help me out and you want to sign up for a year, go to oppermanreport.com, 75 bucks for the year. You get um, a book, I'll mail you a book, okay? If you want even a further discount, okay, you give me, I think it's $69, I said. You give me $69, but via PayPal. You PayPal me directly, 69 bucks. You pay for a year. You get 13 months. You get an extra month. And you get a book, okay? You get a book in an extra month. If you email, if you PayPal me directly, email oppermanreport at gmail.com. I'll give you 13 months for the year, 69 bucks, plus an autographed book, okay? And you know, I, I joke around, I say I'm going to die in prison. You know, listen, you know, we all know this isn't going to end well, but you'll have an autographed copy of my book, okay? Uh, and it would be such a huge help, okay? I know people enjoy the show. Also, too, if you want to advertise... Yeah, advertise. Ten weeks is like five hundred bucks, man. To advertise for ten weeks, I got I got better packages if you go out a little further, of you know, six months or a year, it gets even cheaper. But what I'm doing now is you get a half hour interview. I interview you for a half hour. It'll go up on iHeart and iTunes and YouTube, and it'll go up on a bunch of stations. But also too, what I'm offering right now is on Awake Radio. I'll play your ad. After every show, twenty four hours a day that plays. Okay, so your your ad would be playing at least 10 times at 12 times a day on awake seven days a week for 10 weeks for 50 bucks a week <laughs> okay that's a that's not even a, a, a that's not even like 10 cents an ad okay and thousands of people go to that that website every day thousands of people go to my, my you get a banner on my uh on my thing plus you'll hear it here on american freedom radio you hear it during the regular shows it goes on the member section Plus all that in addition, you know, but, but just, just being on awake alone, man, 12 times a day, that's insane. No one offering rates like this. So you want to advertise right now, you can save my life, okay, and keep me from being homeless and keep me from struggling to, to have this move. I don't have to get a bust my hernia and all that stuff like that. So uh, you can just contact me at oppermanreport at gmail.com. 
Okay, and I'm working hard for you here. You know, please, I'm asking for a favor. Uh, if you want to sign up for a year, 75 bucks, you get an autographed book, you go to operandreport.com. You want to help me out even more, you PayPal me, 69 bucks, you get 13 months and a book. You can't beat that, you know? I need your help. All right, coming up next after this will be William Ramsey and then John Barber. After that, I'm building up the whole Sunday schedule, too. Uh, we're working on I got a whole bunch of people coming on. I'm even going to get a hold of that guy, Shaw, who wanted to do a show. And uh, maybe Sandra Hicks, too. Get a hold of them, see if these guys will still talk to me. All right, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. I get to rest. Oh, I got big shows coming up. Monday, I'm taping a couple of shows with this guy who was molested by Sandusky. I'm doing a show about um, May over there in, in England who got elected. And a show about Al Capone's beer wars and stuff like that. I got a whole bunch of good stuff coming up uh, on top of that uh, kids on the tracks. Good night.